Good afternoon, good morning, or good evening, and welcome to the American Age Podcast. This is your host, C. Travis Webb, editor of the American Age, and I am speaking to you from Southern California. Hi, this is Stephen G. Fullwood. I'm the co-founder of the Nomadic Archivist Project. I am coming to you guys today from Harlem, and it is a cool day, and as a Midwestern boy, I really enjoy it. And I'm Seth Rodney. I am speaking to you from Newburgh. Um, I'm the opinions editor uh, for Hyperallergic, and it's the managing editor for the Sunday edition, which means essentially I do all the grunt work to get it produced. And um, I approve the following message. <laughs> well, you haven't heard it yet, so you might, I was you might about to say, yeah, jump the gun. Yeah, yeah, but it's okay. Uh, did, I, did I actually did I actually beat you to a joke that like never happens? <laughs> First time for everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is to remind our listeners that we uh, practice a form of what we like to call intellectual intimacy, which is giving each other the space and time to figure out things out loud and together. And we are continuing our conversation on slut shaming, although, you know, the topic's gotten fairly expansive. Um, and Stephen very helpfully kind of helped orient ourselves, uh, orient us uh, on what we, where we kind of left off um, with our last uh, conversation. So I thought I'd just hand that over to you, Stephen, and, and sort of sure. maybe, you know, okay. lead us in. Okay. So towards the end of our last podcast, we um, were kicking around the idea about recovering um, derogatory names, such as bitch, nigger, slut, and so forth, and who has the right to use them. Even if they've entered the um, sort of like the zeitgeist or the regular parlance, you know, who's using, is it, is it a good idea to do this? And we also, before we talked about the recovery project, we also were wondering whether or not or Travis, I think you said it, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, about whether or not there was any sort of sexual freedom or sexual li- liberation. I think that was my question, yeah. And this idea of the Me Too movement, which is a part of the fourth wave of feminism. Mm. And um, mm. my take on it, rather. And so mm. where do we want to begin? Do we want to go with the question that preceded the recovery project or kind of mix them up together? Um, what do you think? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm, I'm fine with either. We can, you know, just kind of continue on. I mean, I, the, the, the recovery and sort of the use of words, I mean, that's a very powerful one. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the most powerful and the most taboo being, of course, the N word, um, mm-hmm. which I still, even amongst, mm-hmm. uh, friends and even in completely cerebral settings have a difficult time, mm-hmm. uh, saying just because it's so loaded, which I have to say, I just fucking hate, um, yeah. that any mm-hmm. word has that sort of weight to it, uh, you know, other than something like maybe you're guilty or something like that word has a lot of, you know, mm-hmm. in a court of law, that that word has a lot of meaning because all the things that are associated with it. But, Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I mean, as far as slut goes, you know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, does that word still, well, you know what? Of course, that word still has weight in certain parts of the country, mm-hmm. right? In certain households, it would right. carry. I mean, I would imagine in your traditional sort of Jamaican household growing up, Seth, that word would have meant would have been pretty weighty. It's mm-hmm. not a I'm word. I, it's not a word. I don't think. I don't think it's a word that Jamaicans would have used. It. it, it, mm. it we would have used some sort of euphemism. I want to say. Wow, none of them are coming to mind. I'm really not sure, and likely. That's the case because I grew up as a male and in my household, mm-hmm. and so, and because my household my household was particularly 
Conservative? Not religious. Yes, particularly conservative. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, it was particularly conservative. So even me, like, watching cartoons and TV and saying stuff, stuff like Jesus Christ, like, would bring down my parents' wrath. Mm-hmm. They, they heavily police what we said in the household. So I don't think I would have heard that word spoken. Mm-hmm. I think except maybe on TV, maybe like a uh, late night episode of Dynasty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, 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 was a big deal I, to say bitch on primetime. Yeah, in I remember. It's a big yes. deal. I remember mm-hmm. when yeah. it first happened. And it was, wasn't it, um, Alexis who called, mm-hmm. um, yes. the blonde chick? Joan Collins. Yeah. Yeah. Called her, uh, a bitch. Yeah. Crystal. Something, yeah. something, you bitch. Yes. Crystal. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I, was, I couldn't remember her name. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do think that those, Terms, I mean, really ultimately have weight are freighted given the particular community in which they have, in which they live. And, the, mm-hmm. and by community, I mean a particular uh, group of people in a certain time and place. So, right. As Travis was alluding to, in certain parts of the Rust Belt or Bible Belt of the country, I think. Um, yeah, no. You would want very much to avoid having that word attached to you. Yeah, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that is. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah, certainly by a by a pastor for for sure. I mean, I'm <laughs> sure teenagers in South Dakota like probably use it the way any other slang would get used in a you know kind of playful, funny, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. sometimes pointed way. So, you know, I guess, you know, as far as, you know, the, I mean, I was, you know, assumed, you know, the conversation would come out of this idea of like, does it have real cultural weight still? Mm-hmm. Um, and has the, the needle been moved, uh, you know, as far as, I mean, when we call someone, a, I mean, I think Seth actually had, uh, at very early on in the conversation, I thought you um, uh, summarized it incredibly well. Slut is someone who doesn't want to have sex with you, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, of mm-hmm. course, literally, the meaning of slut is that mm-hmm. you know someone who gets paid um, for that. But that's not what that's not what how that word is used in, when it's an insult, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is not typically what someone they're not actually saying you're transacting for money, right? They're, right. It's usually it's um, it's some other way to sort of saddle their sexuality. I'm sorry. Right. right. Well, they're saying that they that they are so loose with their sexuality that they actually don't. Mm-hmm have the sort of strictures or no, no, the sort of sense of, um, propriety, no discrimination. They don't have the discrimination, Mm -hmm. the proper discrimination to protect themselves from being essentially taken advantage of by fools or predators Mm -hmm. or, um, people who would harm them in some ways by like giving them an STD. I think that's the underlying, right? Like that they're saying you're, you're a slut, i.e. you're not smart enough to not, to sleep with the right person. You're sleeping with any and any, any and everyone who invites you into their bed. See, I thought slut had more agency than that. Meaning really? that I thought that slut had more agency that what you were describing, at least in my Midwestern brain is whore. Which has fallen okay. out of, you know, fallen out of use uh, to some degree, okay. depending on where you are. I thought a okay. slut was someone who intentionally decided that she was owning her body, but that 
her body, she would use her body the way she wanted to. So it was outside of convention, Mm. outside of what, you know, domesticity and all these other things that women were supposed to be doing with their bodies. That's what I thought. Uh huh. So I, that's funny. So I, I thought of slut as kind of just a synonym for whore. Oh, um, mm-hmm. but, I don't. So, yeah. yeah, no, no. Well, maybe I'm not. I'm not uh, defending that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> saying, yeah. For sure, yeah, for sure. Right. I, I, it's just that in my in my mind, they sort of just kind of got lumped together. But yeah, mm-hmm. I definitely see the distinction. At least the one that that Steven's making. Um, so, huh. Almost uh, like she couldn't help herself. That's I grew up hearing people mm, call women mm. whores. Men and women call certain women whores, but they had a. They felt sorry for them. Wow! Without a slut, there was no, there was mm. no. Sl- okay, yeah. There All was, right. Okay. There was no commiseration. There was no. <laughs> there was uh, no. I can identify with that. It's like no, you're just doing bad things, and you shouldn't be doing those things. Wow. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I have to say, so I, while I don't, you know, I don't. Uh, I think I stand by the fact that I, I don't see slut as something that has a tremendous amount of cultural power still at least amongst the younger generation you know kind mm. of writ large not in particular regional contexts and certainly not in religious contexts mm-hmm. i don't i'm not sure where i'm at with thinking that that means that there still isn't slut shaming though so uh, can i add to that really yeah, quickly is because please, I, please yeah because trying to wrap my my arms around this elephant this idea i felt like how Earlier on, Seth said about time and place, you know, in terms of the term usage, right? Mm. And what it means, mm. what could it mean? And I was brainstorming earlier going, how do we measure the value of a word in such a large place, like just the U.S. or even a state, you know, based mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. class, culture, all these different things that um, might impact the way you use language. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like there's a conservative wave that's always, not a conservative wave, there's always a conservative sensibility about that kind of pushes back on progressive ideas, right? Mm -hmm. And we're seeing Mm -hmm. it in various ways, politically and so forth. But I was Mm -hmm. wondering, like, the two steps forward is always feels like one step back when it comes to language. Mm -hmm. Something falls out of um, use and then it comes back. Some people are owning slut shaming, slut walks, and all this other stuff. And, I, and then I wonder, even if those women in slut walks have conservative ideas that will emerge later. <laughs> so, so here's here's a litmus test. I, it mm-hmm. just occurred okay. to me that one of the ways we can figure out whether a word has become acceptable in public discourse mm-hmm. within a really large geographic space like the U.S. is whether the word is used on the six o'clock news, right? Yeah, that sounds fair. Because um, you would never mm. say, I, I still think you would not hear someone say bitch on the six o'clock news unless it was part of right. a particular title or a particular event. Yeah. You wouldn't hear slut either, for sure. Precisely. So if yeah. that's the test, does that also include publications? Because about three years ago, I was at the Schomburg and I was reading the back of one of the AM dailies in New York City, turned it on the back, and there was an advertisement for a new Jay-Z album. And so there were a bunch of lyrics, and they were just cussing. They were saying shit. They didn't go as far as fuck, but I remember seeing shit a lot. And I turned to my former boss and the, then the director at the Schoenberg and went, what's going on here? <laughs> Do you guys <laughs> understand what's going on here? And mm-hmm. I said, this has entered, shit has entered like we can just say it now. And if you go right. to Netflix mm-hmm. and you're watching films or you're watching, you know, TV shows, you can say the word fuck with, you know, you're using Impunity. the word fuck. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's odd. 
So if that, I wonder what that list, litmus test really involves. Well, the know? thing about Netflix, which is different, which makes it a different kind of arena, is that it's a paid subscription. So if yeah, there's that's a, always a distinction. If there's a firewall, right? Mm-hmm. Then, then, oh, yeah, not a firewall, uh, a paywall. Then mm-hmm. I think w- mm-hmm. within that arena that is uh, encircled by the, the the paywall, you can do a lot more than you can outside of it. And you can and put child guards thing. in too. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> child guards. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the uh, that's HBO's claim to fame, right? For years, was that you know it was pay t- pay TV, and so because it was pay TV, you could watch Godfather, you could watch whatever, and it mm-hmm. uh, it was fine. Um, so yeah, I, I do think there's something about the six o'clock news um, test. I mean, even maybe just standard mm. uh, cable television news, CNN. I don't see them. It's mm. hard for me to imagine they would use the word slut or whore um, or something along those lines. So mm-hmm. I keep yeah, thinking I think I've seen it on there. MSNBC, though. Yeah, yeah, you may have. I, I certainly wouldn't. Uh, or heard it, rather. I don't watch mm-hmm. it. But yeah, I, I mean, it seems possible to me, particularly in context, I suppose. Certainly in the, in the space of a direct quotation, maybe something like that would get used with a viewer kind of discretion at the front of it or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, right, like slut shaming. Exactly. The slut walk. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Talk yeah, about that. Yeah. yeah. So, so I was watching YouTube the other night, and I'm taken to doing this of late. Just watching silly videos of kids saying the darndest things, or <laughs> you know, babies looking grumpy, or whatever. There's a video series of people pranking their fathers, and this only works because, and this is a kind of roundabout way to get to back to the word slut and attempts at. Uh, the ways in which it is freighted in certain places, mm-hmm. but I'm going to get there. The prank was to have the child have a, a quick exchange with the mother and tell the mother to shut up in the hearing of the father. So mm-hmm. mother says something, Charlene, didn't I tell you to blah, blah, blah? And Charlene is like, I'm busy, shut up. And then the father, and then they're, they're filming this so to watch the father's reaction, right? Mm-hmm. And so hilarity ensues because the father yells at the child or the father like starts storming towards the, the child to mm. like inflict physical punishment or whatever. And then of course they call him off, like, you know, like mm-hmm. the raging, like the raging bull, they stop waving the white red flag and they say, ah, oh, we're just joking, we're just joking, huh? Mm-hmm. But there's one scene where this happens and it, it's the perspective of the camera lens is i think the camera's in the mother's hand and she is in the bedroom with the father and he's and she's calling to uh her daughter who's outside of the bedroom she can't the daughter can't be seen and so you hear the exchange and she says shut up and what you see is the father near the door like he doesn't hesitate he's sort of dressed in a loose-fitting um button-down shirt not sort of. He is dressed in a loose-fitting button-down shirt, t-shirt underneath, and trousers. And he starts to take off his belt. Like, he starts sliding <laughs> his belt out of his trousers mm-hmm. and, like, wrapping it up in his hand and reaching for the door to go out and, like, you know, apparently, like... Whip this kid. Whip this, this child. And I bet in that house, if she is ever called a slut, it has grave consequences okay. for her. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like in mm-hmm. that context, I bet that I could, and I could totally see that man, that father using that word 
to police that child mm, for sure. Mm-hmm. Like you don't want to be a you don't want to be a, grow up to be a slut like so and so. I bet. I bet. Mm-hmm. Wow, that is a lot to put on yeah. that guy. Yeah, but come on. I mean, if that is your if that is your go to move, your child disrespects your, your her mother or your wife. Your go to move is to go beat the crap out of her. Really? Come Corporal on. Corporal punishment well, equals. You feel like the language would be similar. I think that I think that the the the, the move, the intuitive or the reflex move on his part, is to punish her. Um, severely, I think. I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, I got punished that way too by my father. Like my father would beat on me. I think there's a there, in within that household, language would also be policed in a similar way, or, or or rather, language would be used to police the child in a similar way. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if I can go there with you. I, I get I get the I get the connection you're making and. If we can, if we can just like sort of take the particular father out of it, even though I know that you're using that as an EG, which I, I understand, I, you know, I, I don't know, and I get the connection you're making between sort of the weight of the, of the restrictions that are placed on the kid in that context that would lead a father to immediately react that way. Mm. A similar weight would just there would just kind of be the same yoke mm-hmm. uh, under all circumstances and mm-hmm. around all things. So I, that, I get that. That's what I assume. Yes. Yeah. I get that. I, I don't know though. I, I mean, having kids and having a wife, you know, I don't, I don't use physical punishment on my kids. Um, and I didn't use it, uh, on my oldest son. Although I did physically one time push him up against a washer and dryer when he was a teenager mm-hmm. and I felt like nothing else was getting through to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was, there were pretty, there were fairly significant con- uh, consequences. Mm-hmm. Um, I am not someone that actually, I don't lash out in anger. I do have a mm-hmm. temper, but I don't lash out in anger. Mm-hmm. But I, I say that to say that we don't know what the, the, we have no idea what the history or background of how that kid treats the mother is. We have no idea what the history or background in the kind of tensions that might be in that household. Mm. I, for one, I do not necessarily think that a physical punishment is always and forever off limits. Mm-hmm. That is one of our progressive shibboleths. You never raise a hand, but mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I don't know that I agree with that. I mean, we are phys- I mean, when you see like a gorilla disciplining like another gorilla, they like launch them against trees. They like pick them up and throw them against trees and stuff like that. I'm not saying you should pick up and throw a child against a tree. Of course not. <laughs> Just to be clear, listeners, I am not saying you should pick up a child and throw them against a tree. What I am saying is that we are physically in our bodies and that different people process moving through the world in different ways. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. some humans are not that cerebral. And I mean, I, I, I don't, I'm just not willing as a blanket sort of uh, generalization to say that a physical, uh, f- physical consequence should always be off limits. It might be that that was the father's 
this is like his show. This is his beating his chest movement, right? Uh, and there's yeah. actually no mm-hmm. intent to like you know like start actually wail on the chest. Okay, so yeah. all right, all right, so I, 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 I'll stipulate that to that. But here's my question then: If we take that a little further, because some people don't respond well to rational argumentation, la la la. Some people respond more to physical threats. Do you think that there's a circumstance in which it's okay? to use the word slut to curtail or to condition somebody's behavior. Like is, is mm. if, I mean, if, if, you know, because if she doesn't respond to, right, if she doesn't that's respond to question. rational argumentation or he, let's say it's he, he or she, mm. um, and they don't respond to X, Y, or Z uh, in terms of attempts by the parent to condition mm-hmm. their behavior, is there a point at which that's okay? I feel like it's not in the toolbox. It shouldn't be. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I feel like then you believe those very things that you're saying, right? Mm-hmm. So <laughs> if that's your go-to, you, no, not at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do think there's a problem. I mean, I think you've actually, I, I actually appreciate the way that you, you phrased that question because it is, it's, it's penetrating in, in a useful way. My view of parenting. So now that we're kind of on this, right, is uh, is not one of being overly liberal. Mm-hmm. Like I, I worked in a group home when I was younger. Um, I was in charge of a group home when I was younger, and we'd went, we'd go through all these trainings and all this kind of stuff. The very best thing, at least as it, at least as far as uh, conventional wisdom at that time and research that went along with that, was the very best thing that you could do for a child who had been removed from an abusive or neglectful household was to give them structure. Mm. Children needed predictable structure. And and structure meaning that like sort of strict guidelines with how to conduct themselves. So uh, once you reach adulthood, you know, I I think, you know, kind of the harness is off and you sort of conduct yourself however you want to conduct yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, But as as a child, you cannot fully grasp the consequences of your actions. And that horizon gets pushed further and further out as your child uh, gets older. I get that. Mm-hmm. So the slut question is a great one. Because in, in that instance, what are we saying? We're saying that, is it okay to use the weight of cultural slander mm-hmm. to constrain someone's behavior because they are not aware of the consequences of that behavior. If you if I phrase it that way, even though I can't ever imagine the situation in which I would call if I had a daughter, I would call her a slut. I just don't I it's hard I can't really put myself mm-hmm. in that situation. If I put it in a more less weighted open-ended way, I don't know that that shouldn't be in the toolbox. Mm. Like if you if you've got a 12-year-old daughter that's like fucking around and that weight and that word happens to have some weight i don't know that it does in this hypothetical household Mm -hmm. that we're talking about Mm -hmm. but let's say that word has weight in this given household and you have a 12 year old who is engaging in sexual activity Mm -hmm. and by using this word 
you're going to constrain that action. And by using this word, she's going to see. I mean, none of this is real, right? This is not how parenting works. But mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. using that word, she's going to see mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the consequences of what she's doing. I don't know that it's totally off limits. Okay, so I have a, a, a good, I think of what is a good example of, of this word being used to to constrain someone's behavior. And it comes mm. from Jamaica Kincaid's girl short story. I don't mm-hmm. know if you both are great familiar with it. I know Jamaica. I'm though. sorry, what? Mm-hmm. Oh, I, it's a great, yeah, yeah, great, great, great. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I've, I encountered this back first when I was teaching at Parsons. Uh, it was part of the course, the materials that could be used for one of the courses, ARS or uh, I think I ended up using it for my um, research methodologies course because I referred to ethnographies. And ethnographies is a kind of difficult form of writing to get your, to wrap your head around, um, even as a researcher. Uh, at least it was for me until someone explained, um, and this is, I dipped into this in London when I was working on the PhD, until someone explained, and I'm not sure where, whether I heard this or read this, but I probably read it, that essentially it's a, it's a it's an account of a people of a particular community, and the account is focused on describing the people who live in this community and essentially showing the rules by the tacit unspo- the tacit rules by which they live, the rules that govern who gets to belong to this community or not. Right. Mm-hmm. So when I mm. when I read this girl short story, I thought, this is it. This is perfect. And let me just read a little bit of it because she does use that term. And, mm-hmm. and I think it, it, it sort of will explain to folks listening how that word can be used to constrain behavior. So it starts off, wash the white clothes on Monday and put them on the stone heap. Wash the color clothes on Tuesday and put them on the clothesline to dry. Don't walk barehead in the hot sun. Cook pumpkin fritters in very hot sweet oil. Soak your little cloths right after you take them off. When buying cotton to make yourself a nice blouse, be sure that it doesn't have gum in it, because that way it won't hold up well after a wash. Soak salt fish overnight before you cook it. Is it true that you sing Benna in Sunday school? Always eat your food in such a way that it won't turn someone else's stomach. On Sundays, try to walk like a lady and not the slut you are so bent on becoming. Don't sing Benna in Sunday school. You mustn't speak to wharf rat boys, not even to give directions. Don't eat fruits in the street. Flies will follow you. But I don't sing Benna on Sundays at all and never in Sunday school. This is how to sew on a button. This is how to make a buttonhole for the button you've just sewed on. This is how to hem a dress when you see the hem coming down. And so to prevent yourself from looking like the slut, I know you are so bent on becoming, et cetera, right. et cetera. Right. So I get, I actually know that short story. You actually, uh, when you were teaching it, you, you turned me onto it and it's very very short. Yeah. It's very, um, and and Jamaica Kincaid is great. So I get that. But one of the things that jumped out at me when you were leading into this is something we've, we've touched on in a variety of podcasts that I don't know that I uh, would have been able to articulate this, uh, until now. It seems to me that the prevailing feeling amongst progressive intellectuals, myself included, in which I I try to question, is that we want to belong to community on our own terms only. Mm. And a community is Mm. not about your own terms only. So, Mm. of course, we sit here and, you know, our our immediate reaction is to 
you know, like sympathize or reject this, this, um, the narrator in this Jamaica Kincaid story about like, well, you know, why the kind of oppressiveness of this, like, yes. you know, not being able to own her body. I feel that like we've, we talked on this, we've talked on the podcast about, you know, what a foreign concept that is to me. Like women should be able to, you know, fuck whomever and mm -hmm. whap and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But the simple fact of the matter is communities do have, Rules. strictures and yes. rules and mores yes. and mm -hmm. and we don't like that like i mean this is this this soaks and permeates the current zeitgeist we want to belong to the community on our terms only period we don't want to have to deal with the community's restrictions and the community's guidelines now I'm not saying that there isn't a natural tension there, and I'm not saying that the, because the community thinks it, therefore it's right. I don't believe that at all. Mm -hmm. But the very same people that would sort of denigrate the way that women or th that basically non-heteronormative people in communities are accepted – well, I, that's too, that's too, it's too far. Mm. I actually don't want to say that because I don't agree with that. So, uh, but hey, I'll just leave it there. Let me, let me just elid, elid that last part, elide that last part. I actually just don't, I, I don't agree with what I was about to say. So, but anyway, so communities have rules. And, and so, you know, policing behavior is what a community is. I, I mean, that that's in order for, you know, for a, a number of, of positive benefits of, of belonging to the group. Today's conversation is broken into two parts. Uh, you just listened to part one. Next week, we will conclude our conversation on slut shaming, and we hope you'll join us. 